everybody, to Blissfully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello! Hello! Hi there! We're here today. <laughs> so, y'all, this week we're gonna talk about Pokemon! Yay! Are, are we? we? No, we're talking about Disney. Oh. <laughs> I was gotcha. like, really? That's not in my notes at all. That's fine. <gasps> I do like I have like a fun amuse bouche drama before we Ooh. before we dive on into it. Lay it on me. This just happened today, so uh, maybe this situation will develop. But okay, so fucking Genshin Impact. Heard of it? Ugh. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, so, um, I don't know any of these character names. I don't know <laughs> who means what. Okay, <laughs> uh, so, um, there's something going on called Project Lumini, or Lumine. I don't know. I don't know if this is an English pronunciation or an Italian pronunciation. Anyway, the point is, the, uh... There's a character named Lumine or Lumini. Basically, they just they wanted this character to appear in like more official merch or like in an official context or something. I think I don't know. This can't be real because there there has to be a better reason. There has to be a better reason for all of all of what follows. <laughs> there never is. There must be there must be a spicier Tabale at the middle of all this drama is what I'm saying. This is why I can't believe it's just that there's this one character who they wanted featured more prominently in the official Genshin Impact storyline. I don't know. Some people were running it, and there was a group of Twitter people claiming to be young teenagers, like 13 and 14, uh, constantly sending the mods, like, death threats and gore and, like, wanting them to self-harm and being happy when they did self-harm. And, it's like, there's all screen caps of this and, and, and all that. Um, so, so, cause, you know, Genshin Impact is normal and, mm. and good and healthy. Yeah. Full of normal people. Full of just well-adjusted, upstanding individuals. And so, uh, basically, someone got all the drama together, made a YouTube video about it, putting the trolls on blast, I guess, as the kids say. Just being like, here are the people constantly trying to get people to hurt themselves, and telling them to die, and sending them death threats, and yada yada yada, just the whole, the up and the down. This has been going on for months. So, like, I don't really fucking care if we- and All of these Twitters got nuked today, so none of them even exist anymore. But it was uh, a Twitter user by the name uh, Bokenshin, uh, supposedly a 14-year-old who just couldn't stop telling people to kill themselves. <laughs> and just could not be stopped. <laughs> um, you know how 14-year-olds mm -hmm. are. Also, uh, IMC Burke. And there's also a lot of alternative accounts that were going around that may or may not be certain other people or the same person twice, you know. But anyway, mm -hmm. As all do. this got together and the mods, uh, the mod by the name or by like the Twitter name of Zapurona, 
who has also gone private. <laughs> also, I just, I watched someone delete their account. This is the second time this has happened to me. Where I was going through <laughs> collecting screenshots and, like, the account just poofed, ceased to exist. <laughs> so, uh, th- they are pressing charges against, like, I- in the state of New York. Uh, because they were threatened with, uh, rape and murder. And other forms of, like, less extreme forms of harassment. Alright, so yeah, someone named Harrow Hay did a video. That's the video. They were also one of the victims of all this harassment. This video now has, like, 81,000 views, and it's three days old, so this could potentially blow up. Uh, and yeah, some some dipshit kids are about to get a life lesson real fucking fast, <laughs> it seems like. Which, uh, what, and 100% good for them. Like, good for yeah. the people pressing charges. Um, no sympathy for these kids whatsoever. Nope. People have been clutching their pearls and twiddling their thumbs, being like, oh, but they're minors. They're just children. How could you... kill people. How could you do this to kids who don't know better? And, like, yeah, kids do know better, actually, than to threaten people with murder and rape. Yeah. Uh, I've never, never done that. I was I was a child for many years. Never did it. I was a child on the internet. I was a child on the internet. Never told someone to die or kill themselves or threaten to rape or murder anyone. Nope. Um, yeah. So, that's, like, happening today. Who knows what might become of this, now, legal battle within the Genshin Impact fandom over... I'm really still not fucking sure when it's over. Like, there must be more than they wanted this character to be in Genshin more and everyone else hated this character. I don't know. But yes, this, uh, Bakenshin, Bunkenshin person is a fucking piece of work. Uh, who is maybe 14, <laughs> potentially older. Uh, who knows? People lie on the internet. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, the stuff that comes out of their mouth. Uh, who, yeah, like, they, they mocked Korean artists for not having good grasp of the English language. Um, cool. Yeah. Yikes. Did racist shit with Asian, Asian fan artists' artworks. So anyway, that's, that's the state of the, the fucking, the anime video game fandom, whatever. This, this, this is the one. This is the one that's, like, worse. It's worse than Voltron now. Like... For a long time, God, that's saying something. I, for that's a long time, I thought Voltron. Well, for a long time, Voltron was like the worst fandom ever because they harassed their creators, like the creative department and the talent, and like made people afraid to show up for conventions and stuff like that. This might top it because now there's actual uh, actionable legal consequences happening. And so, yeah, just wanted to give everyone a quick update on the state of the Genshin Impact fandom. It's fine. (laughs) They're still doing fine. Just fine. Just a fun little anime game. Remember, these are the normal people doing all the threatening. Yeah. (sighs) Hopefully, hopefully my prediction of there will be many lawsuits to come um, ends well. Take that as you will. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> but God, what a fun fandom! 
God. I can't like, imagine being in that fandom willingly. Can't imagine playing this game. No. Can't, like, can you imagine? You're just like a casual, you just play the game on your phone or whatever when, I don't even know if it's a mobile game. We just play it, it on is. your yeah. Just play it on your phone from time to time <laughs> when things are slow. Trying to have and fun. you're like, hey, I like this character. I wonder if anyone else on the internet likes this character. <laughs> <laughs> you just boom. Oh my god. <laughs> just wander into just a sea of death threats and gore images and spam and oh. It's basically turning into four channel all over yeah. again. Like it's kind of like you know how evolution has like recreated the morphology of the crab like six times independently Mm -hmm. millions of years apart because apparently the crab is the ultimate shape of life it's the ultimate Mm. it's the most maximum efficient way for like locomotion eating and fucking legit though so i feel like over and over again the internet is just going to recreate 4chan yeah because it's just the maximum human id. It's just the violence and the gore and just whenever someone does something you don't like, destroy them. (laughs) (laughs) And just the maximum amount of damage you can inflict on another person without consequence. Mm. And, oh, God. Because that's our innermost selves, I think. That's... That's yeah. what we all are deep down when you strip away these clothes and these words. We are just animals that when someone does something you don't want them to do, you just have to repress that urge to kill them. And now you don't have to, I guess. Well, <laughs> speaking of bad segues, let's talk about a story that's gonna exhaust me. Mm-hmm. Let's. Disney. Whether or not they sh- we should say gay, I'm told, is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with that. So, if you've been on the internet, perhaps you've heard of a little bill being passed in Florida going by the name the Don't Say Gay Bill. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, the bill so far has passed the State House and Senate. Uh fucking Ron DeSantis, the governor, has said before that he is going to pass it. The bill itself institutes an age limit on discussions of sexual orientation and gender identity in the classroom, K through third grade, and vaguely limits, quote, age inappropriate or developmentally inappropriate teachings, uh of students okay yeah parents can even sue for perceived violations which just makes it even harder to be a teacher in the year of our lord 2022 Mm -hmm. um additionally kids from ages four to five and eight to nine in those grades can't be helped out by teachers whom they might approach for help with questions of regarding their own gender or sexuality so the bill sucks Uh it's a terrible awful oppressive bill and unfortunately Uh it looks like it is passing Uh uh fun fact disney donated buku bucks to lawmakers who supported the bill surprising shock and awe (laughs) 
Well, I mean, Unfortunately, it, surprising out, a lot of people. Yeah, it turns out Twitter was pretty fucking surprised. <laughs> They're not acquainted with the mouse, I guess, and uh-huh. the history of their business practices. No, and uh, to go over just a little bit of their business practices, here are some of their most recent political fundings. Um, let's see here. In 2016, Walt Disney Company was the third highest contributor to Trump's election campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, Disney CEO served on Trump's strategic and policy forum. Mm. 2020, Walt Disney was the fourth highest contributor to Trump's re-election campaign. Mm. 2021, Florida conservatives only lost Disney funding when they wouldn't stop backing an overturn of the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that gives you a good idea of where Disney corporate money goes. Mm-hmm. And like, Disney, to be fair, Disney also backs Democratic political campaigns and Democratic lawmakers all the time. Disney just mm-hmm. cares about what's best for Disney. Yeah. It's not yeah. like, it's not like Disney is like, you know, they're all secretly, like, Team Trump or whatever, but Disney cares about what is best for Disney's bottom line. Disney is team money. Yes, Disney is team money for Disney. Absolutely. Uh, and whatever Disney can do to keep more money for Disney, that's what they're going to continue to do. And, obviously, in places that have Republican-backed, or Republican, like, strongholds, like, Florida more and more these days used to be a swing state. It's not really anymore. No. Um, that's, and especially where they have like operations like theme parks and cruise ships again, like in Florida. Um, that is, yes, they, they are very tight, very close friends with the lawmakers there. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. This ended up breaking Twitter's brain, Mm. this uh, information. And I'm going to go ahead and play some audio from Dana Terrence's Twitter. She posted this video that I think very succinctly sums up her feelings uh, on the matter and what happened within Disney after news broke. Um, Dana Terrence, by the way, is the creator of Owl House, a Disney show that none of us have watched, but has an openly main character queer couple. So. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yeah, I guess. I'm still not going to watch your show. No. Don't like the art But I'm style. happy for you. Um, so let's take it away. <laughs> This is uh, Dana Terrace, the creator of The Owl House, and if you've been following my timeline, you know that Disney was recently found out to be donating large sums of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, to the sponsors and co-sponsors of the Don't Say Gay Bill, uh, a bill that effectively tells kids, LGBTQ plus kids, that you don't exist, you don't deserve to exist, and you shouldn't even be talked about. Well, we got, we got an email. We got a company-wide email this morning. Uh, basically telling us, in summary, Disney as a company is not going to change doing any of this. We're not going to not give money to these people. But here are a bunch of flowery and compassionate words to shut you up. The email goes on to say, uh, I believe the, from Bob Chapek, I believe the best way for our company to bring about lasting change is through the inspiring content we produce 
and the diverse organizations we support. Yes, such diverse organizations as all the Republicans who want to out queer kids against their will and put them in danger. It's honestly hard to talk about this stuff. I'm someone who had a hard time coming to terms with my queerness until my mid-twenties because of stuff like this, because I thought I shouldn't exist, because no one even told me I had the option of existing. And man, I know I got bills to pay, but working for this company has been so, has made me so distraught. And I hate, I hate having moral quandaries about how I feed myself and how I support my loved ones. So I'm going to put this video to an end. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing, I'm doing the wraparounds from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I fucking big ups to Dana. Um, putting her money where her mouth is because she still works for the mouse and that is that is some fucking career ending shit right there Mm. Um, and she's not the only one there are a lot of artists on the outhouse team who have spoken up a lot of actors who have less to lose who have spoken up um oscar isaac uh, recently in an interview uh, when asked what he has to say on the matter just saying gay over and over and over again. Yes. Because, bless him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Hamill also did that. Yeah. Neither of them are going to lose their entire career over the mouse getting angry at them though. Mm. No. And animation is such a uh, tight-knit community. Even if she were to be blacklisted from Disney, that doesn't mean she's going to be able to turn around and just get a job with Nickelodeon without there being issue. I, it's it's not a small thing, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> so I applaud her for being brave. Since her video went up, God, it just, it's, it's all such a fucking clusterfuck. Um, Disney has tried to backtrack. They released some internal statements they have made some public statements and they have made some public donations there have also been some protests by disney employees and um disney has gone so far as to even reinstate a same-sex kiss in the upcoming buzz lightyear movie which i didn't know existed (laughs) what Huh? There's a yeah. Is <laughs> there's a female? No, out? there's a female. Oh. It's female because of oh. course it is. Oh, of That's course, safe. every fucking time. Yeah, <laughs> women can be oh. can be a little bit gay for the spice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a female kiss now in the movie that was cut before I that they they okay. proudly trot out as. Oh no, look, we're we're cool. We're cool. We're un we're uncutting <laughs> it. I guess. At least in the American release. Yeah. At least in the American release. (laughs) At the same time, at the parks, cast members or employees have been instructed not to wear park pride merchandise. Yes. So, (laughs) 
Disney sells pride pins because Disney sells pins, a lot of pins. It's been, you've been able to collect a lot of enamel pins at Disney for, for years and years now. Mm-hmm. And they recently have started making pride pins with like, you know, the, all the tri bar flags and all that. Cause that's where all the pins are going is to the queers. It's to the queers cause they're, we're the ones who buy the pins. Uh, but Disney staff are not permitted to wear these pins on their uniforms while at work at Disney, despite being allowed to wear other Disney pins. Mm -hmm. It's like pieces of flair from office space. (laughs) No gay flair. No gay flair. Even though it is a product sold by Disney in their (laughs) parks. Side note about the pins. I always thought it's a little weird. I get like the concept of it. But there are certain, like, cast members that are out there to help, like, give you directions and whatnot. And they have to wear lanyards with pins on them. And you go up to Mm -hmm. them and you trade them a pin you have for a pin that they have. So essentially, they're just standing pin boards. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. So I I know there's, like... There's, like, a certain amount of collectivity with the pins. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, this one's rare. This one was only out for Christmas of, you know, 2018 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you had. there was some kind of pin gift economy that you had to participate in. <laughs> Disney is whack. Disney's I have, wild. I've been to the Disney parks a few times in my life. I feel like I haven't fucking scratched the surface of what goes on at that shit. No. I used to be friends with a Disney adult, so, like, some of the shit I yeah. know about <laughs> Disney. <laughs> yeah. All the fuck. I feel like just like I feel like I'm going to the eyes eyes wide shut party. You know? Yeah. Like I like I really have no fucking clue what goes on. But like yeah, on accident. Completely. On accident. Yes, while trying to go to a theme park and ride a roller coaster. Um. But so yeah. While all of this is going on, Disney is really trying to cover its ass. Like I said, it's making some donations. It's making some statements. A lot of other companies like Pixar um, are trying to speak out. Pixar is just... Well, yes. More Mm -hmm. Disney. It is hand in hand, but Pixar is separate and saying, hey, no. It is technically a subsidiary. Well, yeah, it's just that, like... A lot of people in Disney are also speaking out because, you know, all the artists are queer. Yes, basically all of the actual creative team of Disney (laughs) is fine with saying gay and wants more gay things in their movies. And Mm -hmm. it's it's hard to describe the scope of a corporation like Disney. We're like, oh, the people who make the cartoon movies. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. Like, they are a hotel chain. They are a cruise ship chain. They uh, have theme parks. They employ thousands and thousands of people. They, They shape the government of America and governments abroad. So, and especially, especially in the last five years... When they've acquired Marvel and Star Wars and just property after property and pretty soon they're going to be the only American corporation company in the world that's allowed, or not in the world, but in America that's allowed to produce fiction of any sort. Yeah. God. One day in our lifetime, most likely. Mm. Oh yeah, like it's, it's coming, like it's accelerating. Yeah, it'll, you know, like 
next year, probably. Mm-hmm. We got four months, maybe. Yeah. I'm gonna find out that, like, there's a Disney tag attached to my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, Disney owns a, a lot. Uh, not just in terms of media, in terms of cruise ships and land and... Yeah, lawmaking think tanks, super PACs and shit. Oh, that's so sad. Quite a bit. So it is all the more disappointing and at the same time unsurprising to see them donating money where they do. It. I feel bad for the people who were genuinely shocked. Uh, I guess I've been around the block one too many times. This isn't my first Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so yeah, this isn't this isn't all that shocking to me to find out. Corporations don't care about you. And I guess it's just kind of sad every three or four years, like the next generation coming of age has to learn that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you kind of I guess you kind of really learn it like in your early 20s because you're kind of losing the last sort of romanticization blinders that you had on from your youth. For me anyway, what it was was realizing how much corporations own. Mm. It wasn't really learning that they don't care about me. I knew that from the start because I'm autistic and and so I I learned very quickly that like nobody cares about me, but they also own everything was <laughs> the thing that that got to me when I got older and I was just like, oh, great. So they don't care about me and they're in total control. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but I guess the small silver lining of the situation is we get to see how many creators are willing to step up and say gay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How much they want to put queer content in their work. Um, so it, it's very nice. It's nice to see people stepping up, putting their money where their mouth is, putting a lot at risk mm-hmm. to stand up for what they believe in. And that is heartening, genuinely, because I, These are dark days. We've got a lot of anti-trans bills, a lot of anti-queer bills, a lot of just terrible, awful, oppressive legislation in general, and a lot of terrible shit happening all over the world. So it's it's nice to see the good in people from time to time. Yeah, and it it underscores to me how different the attitudes of the people in power are versus the attitudes of the masses, as Mm. it were. Like, the people who are actually producing content for Disney. And, like, they have a lot of, they have a lot of interests. They have a lot of different things that make them money. So I'm not gonna say that these crews are the only thing that make Disney money. But they are the thing that is most closely associated with the Disney brand, which is their animated content. Their animated Mm. shows and their animated films. And the people working to make that media under the the Disney banner, as it were, are very much wanting to have queer content and have queer characters and have queer storylines. There was there was um an article about uh, Turning Red. The crew of Turning Red had to remove same sex affection from their movie because Disney said so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're kind of vague on what it was. Like, same-sex affection doesn't necessarily even have to be queer. Like, that's... It was Miriam. Yeah, <laughs> Miriam was probably a lesbian is what we're... Is what is the, the prevailing theory. 
because it's so fucking obvious. Yeah. But, that girl like, is that gay. Been, <laughs> I don't know. She'll figure it out in a couple years. That could have been, like, two boys hugging. Yeah. Like, you know? Like, two 12-year-old boys hugging, as 12-year-old boys normally do. Before it's beaten out of them yeah, by before, their parent. Before, you know, toxic masculinity tells them that they're not allowed to love their friends. Yeah. Um, but just that, yeah, Disney is not allowing that sort of thing, even in a very ambiguous sense. Like, uh... Yeah, so Turning Red, like, a movie about a girl going through puberty and, like, developing crushes and learning how to deal with her emotions, like, obviously in the form of a giant red panda, (laughs) was was not allowed to even insinuate that that gay 12-year-olds exist. Yeah. And that's something I also notice happening, like, even in queer spaces. Like, the idea of... We should be able to have, you know, a kid learn that they're gay in a coming-of-age movie. And someone being like, gross, why would you want a 12-year-old to experience sexual attraction? That's disgusting. Because I've been 12. Because I've been 12 and <laughs> I've, I've experienced it. Like, I... Yes, kids learn very early what they are interested in. And even when they don't understand why they're so fascinated with it, mm. like, the draw is there. Mm-hmm. You you develop those interests very, very early. And it's also this idea that somehow queerness is filthy and sexual all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know... Being two, straight is normal. If two straight seven-year-olds, you know are calling themselves like, oh, we're boyfriend and girlfriend, and, you know, they're they're figuring out for the first time, like, what it's like to date, or what that even, like, even if they don't really have a crush on someone, yeah. they're, like, they're going through the motions because they know that's what you do as you get older, and you're like, oh, dating, what would I want if I were to date a boy? Yeah. What would I not want? In this kind of, like... You know, very innocent sort of way of figuring out how you're going to forge relationships with people going forward, whether they be romantic or not romantic. And just somehow there's this idea that always gets attached to queer relationships that it's just dirty, filthy, sinning sex all the time. Mm -hmm. And to be clear... That is what my queer relationships are like. <laughs> but that is not necessarily what they were like when I was 12. <laughs> no. Well, and... When I was still queer. And, yeah, like, uh, like a good example is, um, I was probably, like, 9 or 10 when I was really, really into Aladdin. Um, <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> and uh, I... So very Kelty. <laughs> I really, my favorite scene in the whole movie was when Jasmine had the red outfit on. And so, um, <laughs> later in life, I, I didn't know why. I was just like, I like this scene. It makes me this, feel good. This scene's great. I'm not sure why, but man, just that. It's that, a good scene. That red outfit, man, it's nice. So, <laughs> I came, when I came out to my parents, they had this, this, great moment of you never gave us any signs or anything which is funny for a billion reasons but this was the one that i immediately thought of and i was like okay well then let's watch aladdin so i got out my vhs and my vhs tape and i put it on and when when it got to the scene with the red outfit uh it started skipping insanely like the tracking just went mad and i was like so if you remember this at all, me rewinding this scene again and again. And my mom was like, 
Oh. Yes, the, yeah. the tape kept skipping so much and had so much tracking on it because Kelty kept rewinding it and watching it over and over. And over. Because and her over. dumb little 10-year-old brain was like, this woman in this skimpy red outfit is great for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. Much like how Titanic and imprinted I'm gonna keep, on me. I'm going to keep watching it over and over. I have a similar because story. it was the first time that I saw a naked woman. Maybe. An actual naked yeah. lady. I have a similar sort of story uh, of enjoying something when I was young <laughs> that turned out to be integral to my sexuality. And this might even, I don't know, this might creep some people out, but it's its part of me. Um, there's a film, uh, basically there's a long story. Kelty knows this story. Yeah, I know. It's super <laughs> embarrassing. This is, uh, this is mortifying, by the way, what I'm about to share with the internet. Um, long story short... Uh, there is a scene where there's a bunch of hijinks and kind of like in a home alone way where the stakes aren't really very high. The, there are these Russian gangsters trying to uh, break into this house full of teenagers and the teenagers are outwitting them. One way they go and outwit them is that through a long, one of them has a, a blow dart, like a poison blow dart. And, during the the kerfuffle, uh, there one of the girls uh, gets hit with the blow dart and passes out, and it's supposed to be funny because they were aiming for one of the the villains, but mm-hmm. they accidentally hit the girl. And for some reason, I was like, "Uh oh, cool! It's weird that she's been hit with a blow dart and is now like incapacitated and helpless." <laughs> <laughs> And I was young. I was like seven or six. Like, and there was nothing, there was nothing sexual about this to me until much later, Uh is what I'm saying. The funny thing. But there was something, like, I don't know why. I don't, don't laugh at me, Bliss. (laughs) No, I'm laughing because I had a very, like, almost the exact same thing happen to me with Sailor Moon. There's, like, a later Mm -hmm. villain that, like, hypnotizes Sailor Moon and she's just like out of it and sort of doing what he says and I was like little bliss going oh <laughs> no that's, that's exactly. what I was gonna say is that actually the same movie that Kendra is referencing I remember watching it and also feeling something when she was incapacitated but I was I liked that I in was the like, other way in that, like, I want someone to incapacitate me like this <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, fast forward to to me having all sorts of, like, BDSM <laughs> lifestyle choices. But, yeah, uh, and, like, I think, you know, people shit on uh, good Sir Sigmund Freud a whole lot nowadays. But I do think, from what I've read of Freud and about Freud, that... He is correct in that we develop our preferences for relationships and sexuality very early. Mm. Oh, like definitely. before we go through puberty. Mm-hmm. Um, subconsciously, obviously, in a way that's not like you're deciding one day, like, I'm going to be into feet when I'm older. <laughs> I'm gonna I mean, a- I don't know. I definitely had a few moments where I was like, this is going to affect me later. No, but like. That, it's not something you even choose. You're yeah. not even just like, I'm going to have a foot fetish. That seems like a fun one. <laughs> like, it's just, it's something that happens to your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of like nature versus nurture arguments, but I, 
I don't think it matters, ultimately. Like, Mm -mm. you just... It just happens. Yeah, and so, ultimately, to bring this back to to what the fuck we were talking about... um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Kids, young kids, can deduce or learn or intuit that they are queer or not straight or whatever pretty early on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's normal for kids of the ages between, like, 8 and 12 and so on to start trying to, like, attempt romantic relationships or attempt affection, even if it's, like, clumsy and awkward. Because it is clumsy and awkward, because you're a kid and you don't know what you're doing. It's clumsy and awkward even if you're not a kid. It's clumsy and awkward when you're a teenager and an adult and, like, up until death. So look forward to that. Hooray. Um, But yeah, like... Oftentimes in kids' movies, like, there is at least, you know, some sort of love interest, or the kid has a crush, uh-huh. or the kid has dated, and for some reason people only find that gross and sexualizing when it's, if it's potentially queer, which I, is hugely revealing to I me. I actually have a, something that's kind of, that's along the same vein, is that recently there was a tweet going around that was about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot. Because apparently, oh yeah, that exists. Yeah, apparently they made Ashley the the young girl in the family. Uh, they made her queer. I'm not sure if a lesbian, bisexual, what if she chooses a label, anything like that. But there was a somebody who commented on it that was like, "Why are y'all so intent on sexualizing kids?" Which is funny because if you remember the uh, original uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where which I'm I'm sure. All of our we listeners. all do yeah. All of <laughs> our listeners have been there. Ashley was a was boy crazy and went yep. on dates with boys all the time, and she was constantly talking about all her boyfriends and like that was a funny joke. But the minute that she's interested in girls too, it's, it's not gross funny and anymore. Sexualizing, yeah, which is just fascinating to mm-hmm. me. As and I somebody... notice, I even notice other queer people doing that. Yes. Like, in an attempt to be, I don't know, like... A pick-me. Su- a pick-me or super woke, like, so woke that you hurt yourself in the confusion. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it's it's something I've noticed that I don't really have an explanation for. Anyway, Disney. Yeah. Yeah, Disney. Disney, uh, uh, Disney doesn't care if I assimilate. Disney just wants my fucking money! <laughs> Give me your money, says Disney! <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I, we've said this before, we'll say it again, not in so many words, but <laughs> you are allowed to like what you like. And if this is heartbreaking to you and you need to take a step away from Disney, by all means do that. If this enrages you and you feel the need to protest Disney, protest Disney. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm getting at is, yeah, don't police how other people are processing what they are going through. Well, and yeah, liking a Disney movie does not make someone a bad queer no. now. Mm-hmm. Or liking a Disney movie does not make someone a heteronormative oppressor now. Yeah. Like, as we said earlier, Disney owns fucking everything. You're gonna have to search far and wide to find a movie that they do not have some sort of stake in, or a TV show, or basically anything that's animated. Yeah. There, there is no other game in and town. And a lot of things that aren't. That aren't. That, there is no other game in town in terms of American animation. The only other one is DreamWorks. They haven't made a fucking movie that's not Shrek in like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and 
yeah, basically, otherwise, like, England doesn't make animated movies anymore. Um, oh, yeah. There's a few French and Belgian animated uh, studios, and otherwise, it's uh, East Asia, China, Korea, and Japan. Mm-hmm. And Disney's coming for them, too, don't worry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, and even then, the people making these films are trying their damnedest in lousy conditions. Because again, Disney is the only animation game in town. If yeah. you want to be an animator in uh, the American animation industry, you are working in some capacity for Disney. And that kind of sucks because I love animation and I would love if there were like American adult animation in the way that there is in France and Belgium and Asia uh, that wasn't ugly cartoons, you yeah. know? That's like yeah. the only option. I would, yeah, but that just doesn't fucking exist. And pe- going back a long ways, like the people, the songwriter for The Little Mermaid was a gay man and stuff like that. So people have been working under the mouse for a long, long time and working for a company that doesn't support their identity politically for a long, long time. And yeah, we live in this hellscape of mm. extremely late stage capitalism where if you pay taxes, in the Western world, like, you know, if you, you, if you pay taxes and you're not in the global South, or even if you are, uh, you're already complicit in some heinous shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can't, I don't know, I, if you want to, like, if you want to take a stand and boycott everything and be like, ah, Disney will now never get another penny from me, that's admirable, I applaud you, but I don't think anyone not willing to do that is some sort of gender traitor or queer traitor well, or whatever. Yeah, I actually, I have a friend, a, a trans friend, who uh, hyperfixates on on Harry Potter. And, like, you can't really control your hyperfixation. Like, they don't spend any money on, like, things that would go to joanne at all (laughs) but like they they buy like a lot of fan-made merch they buy like and it's hard yeah again i've said before i didn't have a harry potter phase but like man if i did and that like that series was important to me as a kid and helped like get me through like difficult shit about you know growing up and learning who I am and finding my place in the world and then finding out that the author was a big old shithead like yeah that would really bum me out or if I were a fan of like Ender's Game and the Ender's Game series as a kid (laughs) and then found out that Orson Scott Card is a big old fucking homophobe and fun fact I was a fan of both those things (laughs) I was going to name a son Ender that was a that was a goal for me as a as a queer child (laughs) uh no longer but like it it's weird like it's a traumatic experience and a I'm little bit cis. yeah like mm-hmm. i don't i'm not a trans person and i'm still just like how is she like this like like how could you do this like yeah. I, I you created something that i love so much why are you and, terrible and otherwise are a person that i would not want to associate with or, yeah or who is doing damage to people like me yeah. for certain, for for reasons. Let's yeah. just say Joanne's reasons are uh, something. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a fucking topic for another day. Yeah. But mm. yeah, it's, 
it's a difficult thing to grapple with. And I, I think, Bliss, you're correct that you should do whatever helps you come to terms with it the most and not judge others for how they are coming to terms with this loss, I guess, if we can even call it that. Because, yeah, like, understanding that Disney is a soulless corporation that just seeks to consume and devour more and more of our money, Mm -hmm. but also having to balance that with the fact that they made movies that meant a lot to you as a kid or as an adult Mm -hmm. is, is one of those paradoxes of capitalism that you just, however you learn to live with it is best for you because it's not like any of us sitting here can do a fucking thing about it. No. I wish. I wish I could make, <laughs> I wish I could make the gay kiss in the Buzz Lightyear movie between Buzz and Woody. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. God, that, I forgot they were making the fucking Buzz Lightyear movie, and it's like serious, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like yeah, it's like the fictional in-universe. It's the in-universe movie, right? Uh, it's, so it's, it's like the in-universe like story of Buzz Lightyear, of Buzz Lightyear. that character so that his toy is based the off. The toy of. yeah. is based off this cartoon slash TV show slash movie that they are now making for real. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like the show within a show is now getting its own show, which is cool. I actually think that's really neat. I would I would probably it- engage in it were I still like. 12. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> or is Chris Evans voicing Buzz Lightyear? Chris Evans. Yeah. I fucking knew it! Oh my god, if they, yes. <laughs> they give Buzz Lightyear a fucking Boston accent, I'm gonna piss myself. <laughs> oh, that would crack my shit up. So yeah, uh, fucking go lesbians in the Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. That'll, that'll make... Way to go! That'll, that'll do it. That will finally end homophobia. <laughs> Heal us, Sheriff. It's been a long time coming, but this one kiss in a in a Disney cartoon, it's the final it's the final stroke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just at the end of the day, I don't know. Watch Disney if you want. Don't watch Disney if you want. <laughs> yeah. There's no good answer. Uh because they control so much of our entertainment. Um Go find an indie mm-hmm. author that you like. Watch an indie film for a change. It won't hurt you, I promise. Yeah. I was going to say read fan write fiction. Fan fiction. Write fan fiction. Yeah. yeah, if you want. Write Disney fan fiction. It makes them crazy. <laughs> Make it gay. <laughs> it is just, you, you can give your money to creators who it will more largely impact, as well as consume Disney films. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, I don't know, did we talk about the thing? I feel like we talked about the thing. <laughs> we did, we talked about briefly. the thing. Uh, if you live in Florida, like, write your congresspeople, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it won't change anything. But it is important, I think, to have your dissent mm-hmm. on the record. Participate yeah. in the system. However flawed it is. Mm-hmm. I think it is important, even when things like this are a sure thing, and, you know, there's no fucking way that Ron DeSantis will not pass this bill, um, I think it's important to, yeah, uh, record your dissent and mm-hmm. uh, let them know that we don't yeah. forgive you yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you ladies have a happy? Kind of talked about it, but I saw Turning Red. It was super cute. Yeah, we saw Turning Red. Turning Red was super cute. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually have a few happies. We, we found a cute little wood turning channel. 
of this old man. Oh my god, yes. Who is just the sweetest thing in the entire world. What's this channel we should give him a shout out? (laughs) He doesn't want to know about our (laughs) fandom podcast. What are you talking about? Well, no, don't just... I, just you should check it out if you're into like watching that sort of thing. He's very sweet and cute, and he just seems like a I don't know. We're big fans of old man YouTube. Yeah, so I'm in love with old man YouTube, which is not a uh, a MAGA euphemism. Mm, Thank you. No. Hang on. Um, but the other thing. <laughs> While she's doing that, is I downloaded Power Wash Simulator, and no <gasps> one will ever see me again. Power Wash Simulator so <laughs> fucking great. No one's ever going to see me again. I'm never going to leave the house except to make the dog go to the bathroom. And if anybody stops me while I'm walking the dog, I'm going to be like, no, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I have to power wash a skate park. I ha- But only, but not literally. Only in the computer. Yes. Not a real, I'm not going to do an actual <laughs> chore. No. I'm going to do a video game no, that approximates wash. the experience of doing a chore. I, I have to power wash a skate park in in a fake world by pressing by pressing mouse buttons. Yeah. So uh yes, what I call old man YouTube is this sort of subgenre of YouTube videos where there is a guy, an older man, probably in his sixties or older, and he has a hobby. And that hobby could be anything. But it's just something that he's very knowledgeable about and loves to do and is passionate about and thanks to the advent of YouTube, he is able to share his hobby with the masses. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite examples of old man YouTube is uh, Watercolors by Shibasake. I love him. He is this He's old so Japanese sweet. man uh, who does watercolor videos. He's he, basically Bob Ross. He, he's so precious and he's just so smiley and happy all the time. And he does, like, some of his videos are very, like how to do this and then some of them are just nice relaxing watercolor videos with piano music in the background sometimes he talks about his cats like or his grandkids or his grandkids and it's he just oh and you can tell like he's had his channel for for several years now and like early in the start he's just very like here is my watercolor paper and here is a painting. And now someone, like, someone clearly edits his videos for him now. And they're a little more YouTube. Like, they've got some sound effects in them and stuff and they've got better lighting. But there's this guy, uh, so wood turning videos, like when you have a block of wood on a lathe and it spins around and you, like, make a vase or a bowl or a chair leg out of it or something. Uh, And there's a lot of videos because I guess that they fall into that category of, like, satisfying videos Mm -hmm. to just watch a big chunk of wood get slowly filed down. So there's a lot of very slick wood-turning channels with high production values and different camera angles and good lighting. And then there's my guy, uh, Phil Anderson... At Shady Acres Woodshop. He's so sweet. Who's just an old guy, and he's got his one camera, and he likes to... He, like, there's no relaxing piano music, or no. there's no slow-mo. He he's just chit-chatting with his audience while he plucks away at his projects. And he's just talking about the, how much wood wood turning cheers him up. And he's like, oh man, you, I love when Peace does this. I love this natural edge here. I'm going to keep that. But you know, every every blocks of, block of wood is a surprise. <laughs> and he's just 
oh, I want he's, to love anything the way this man loves wood turning. He's very cute and adorable and starts, before he starts wood turning every time, he's like, safety goggles on. And it's yes, just, oh, he's like, I have my mask and safety goggles on. And very cute. He's like, well, I'm tired today. I got a big old ribeye waiting in my kitchen for me. <laughs> like, he, oh, just, he seems oh, very sweet. I want, I want that sort of fulfillment in life out of my hobbies, you know? Mm-hmm. His retirement able- goals, Yeah, man. I want to spend my days turning wood on the lathe and then go inside and have myself a ribeye and <laughs> yeah. mashed potatoes. Aww. He's just, he's very sweet, and if you're into that sort of thing, he's, it, like, it's a very positive thing. He's never, oh, yes. positive he never complains vibes. about anything. Positive vibes so at if- the Wood Turning Channel. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to do a shout-out, not necessarily to be like... Do not go to his channel and mention us. No, dear yeah, God. <laughs> dear God, don't. But like, just if it's something that you need in a in a bad day, like he's very he's very sweet and it's just it's very it's, grandfatherly. Yeah, <laughs> it's very helpful. How about you, Bliss? Do you have a happy? Uh, I got a new tattoo yesterday. I know. I got yeah, I got Ellie's tattoo from The Last of Us Two. It's so cute. And you're gonna make some guys she's mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> I mean, about it. That's a that is a positive thing about yes. it. But who oh boy, I have never seen bitches as mad as The Last of Us Two. God. Woo! My favorite thing was when people were mad about The Last of Us Two because you couldn't jack off to Abby for whatever reason. I mean, if you were a coward, like, how can you not? (laughs) But then the same thing happened, like, just showing their whole ass, explaining that they couldn't enjoy Encanto because one of the women in it was not jack off material with mm-hmm. with Louisa. I was just like, wow, you're just flat out admitting that you can't make it through a Disney movie without something to tug your peck or two. Yeah. The the point is I like my tattoo arms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do too. It's very well done and looks very good on you. Thanks. And thank y'all for joining us this week. And a special thank you to friend of the show, Dr. Major, for putting notes together for this week's episode. If you'd like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Blissfully Show. I post links to our YouTube there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, hello. Uh, Let us know what your favorite Disney film is? Question mark? I don't know. And, yeah, until next time, bye! Bye Bye-bye, everyone! I'm sorry, like, the more, the more I look, the less I understand.